0: Please do uh, be seated.
1: <coughs>
0: well, because it's, uh, it's nearly Christmas, um, we are going to be starting a new teaching series this morning, which, believe it or not, takes us very neatly uh, to the beginning of Advent. Uh, those four weeks when we count down to Christmas is just six weeks uh, away. Isn't that joy-bringing? Yes, it is, Chris. Um, we're going to be exploring, uh, over these six weeks, a 3,000-plus-year-old poem Uh, or a psalm, uh, that was probably written on a hillside somewhere in Israel, surrounded by stinking sheep. Okay, that's the image I want you to have in your mind as we think about this. Um, It's a poem that has captured the imagination and the heart of people since the day it was penned throughout uh, human history. Uh, I can well imagine over these few thousand years, people have been looking at this psalm And thinking to themselves, do you know what? I really hope that this is what God is like. I really hope that how this psalm describes God, I need God, in fact, to be like that. With a particular thing that I'm facing, this is how I need God to be. And if God is who the psalmist describes him to be, then I want to be in relationship with him. The psalm, of course, is Psalm 23.
1: is my shepherd, I lack nothing, he makes me lie down in green pastures, he leads me beside still waters, he restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and loving kindness shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the Lord's house forever.
0: And the answer to the question you're all asking is, I have no idea where that church building is, but isn't it just absolutely stunning? I really love that in the opening uh, few words of this amazing psalm, David is able to state with astonishing confidence that because God is his shepherd, his soul lacks nothing. His soul lacks nothing. Isn't that just the most mind-blowing statement? Because God is my shepherd, I lack nothing. It's, an, it's a cause and effect phrase, because God is this, I am that. You know, in saying I lack nothing, the psalmist is not there trying to deny the many desires and the needs that he's got. But what he's trying to do is affirm the abundant provision of God uh, in his life. Our needs and our wants might be many, but God is able to provide for all of our needs more than sufficiently as as our shepherd God provides. Psalm 23 is kind of a bit like a personal testimony of David as he's sharing his own felt reality that because of his relationship with the shepherd, with God, he knows contentment and he knows utter satisfaction. I lack nothing, he is able to say. And I wonder how many of us this morning would be able to say exactly the same thing with the same level of certainty. As you think about your friendship group, as you think about your family, how many people do you know who are relentlessly trying to pursue happiness through material possessions and through worldly achievements? As I listen to the words of David in this psalm, I realise that actually David had none of that. In fact, all he had was stinking sheep And yet, and yet, he's still able to say, I lack nothing. Now, I know from my own personal experience that without God, there's always an inner void, that kind of sense of emptiness, that longing that you have, uh, that sense that something just needs to be filled. And I discovered in my own life that it's a longing that only God can satisfy I wonder if you've ever found yourself in that place. Maybe some of us even came to relationship in Jesus for the first time because of that sense of longing for something more. And through this psalm, David this morning is making a very simple but a very profound point. He's saying, the shepherd of your life, whoever or whatever that is, the shepherd of your life determines your soul's satisfaction. The shepherd of your life determines your soul's satisfaction. So in a sense this morning, I think David is begging us to ask a a question, who or what is the shepherd of your life? Who or what is the shepherd of my life? Now way back in the 1980s when I was a a small child, yes that is me and they did a bad job of fixing my tooth. My mum absolutely loved listening to a local radio station called 2CR, Two Counties uh, Radio. I wonder if anyone remembers it. what you can find on the internet. <laughs> TCI used to play golden oldies from the 60s and 70s, and as a consequence, even though I wasn't a child of the 60s, I somehow still seem to know a whole load of stories from that particular era, or, or, or songs from that era. I remember it, it, the, the, the Rolling Stones song uh, from that great theologian Mick Jagger. Uh, I can't get no satisfaction, because I try, try and I try and I try and I can't get no, I can't get no satisfaction. Well... I mean, apart from making shocking use of the English language, I guess Mick Jagger is trying to make the point that we've all experienced at different times in our lives that it doesn't matter what I do, it doesn't matter which way I turn, to the left, to the right, whether I go forwards or backwards, all I encounter is dissatisfaction and a sense of emptiness. David is describing in our psalm, Mick Jagger was trying to capture there as well, a universal and a perennial problem. But I wonder if you've ever noticed the audacity of David's statement in Psalm 23. Has it ever struck you? He's making the most astonishing claim that the Lord, that the great I am, that the one who is and was and will be, who spoke to Moses out of the burning bush, who led his people Israel out of slavery in Egypt, the very creator of the world, David says, he is my personal shepherd. It's an astonishing thing uh, to be able to claim. He, He doesn't say that the Lord is our shepherd talking corporately about the whole of Israel. He doesn't refer to the Lord as the shepherd, just making God somewhat generic. But he says the Lord is my shepherd. He's my shepherd. Now on the surface of it, that sounds really presumptuous. But David is using that singular pronoun, my, to reflect something very deliberate. He's trying to reflect the intensity of the relationship he feels with God. So as we look at Psalm 23, it's both a proclamation of who God is, but two, it's a confession of the the psalmist's experience of his relationship with God. The God that the psalmist knows is not a mighty, incomprehensible, mystical being who's kind of in heaven out there somewhere, somehow feeling sorry for this kind of poet shepherd when things are tough. But David is saying, this God that I've come to know is a personal presence who is loving and who is caring and who is constantly with me through the different highs and lows of life. There's something in Psalm 23 that kind of resonates with our human experience, doesn't it? even though most of us, I guess, would struggle to associate with the metaphor that David chooses. But David chooses the metaphor of a shepherd very intentionally. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. So I wonder if, like David, we're able to say that the Lord is my shepherd. I wonder what metaphor you chose as David invited us to think about that earlier. Mine would have been shepherd, actually, as I think back over this. But if we're able to say, like David, that the Lord is my shepherd, then the logical outworking of that statement is that we are sheep. But let's face it, who really wants to be a sheep? It doesn't exactly sound like a compliment, does it? Sheep are really stupid. Sheep stink. Sheep are so incredibly needy. Is that really a fair description of me? That's a rhetorical question. You see, the sheep I've occasionally observed spend their entire day with their heads down, not really paying attention to the world, just eating the tasty grass that's in front of them, toileting as they go, and then eating where they've toileted, and just occasionally they end up getting separated from the rest of the herd. You see, on their own, sheep end up lost and they end up injured, and ultimately they end up being eaten. I mean, what a miserable experience. Who wants to be referred to as a helpless, vulnerable, dependent creature? This metaphor is actually a little bit awkward as well, isn't it? When we live in a time like, in a town like Christchurch, I've never month, once met a shepherd. I've never once smelt a shepherd. And in fact, it's rare I've ever in shepherd, in, encountered a shepherd in Christchurch, except when uh, in Waitrose, in the chiller cabinet. Well, I meant a sheep, not a shepherd. There was no shepherd in the chiller cabinet. We live, don't we, in a kind of pull-yourselves-up-by-your-bootstraps kind of a culture where I don't need anybody is viewed as being a declaration that is one that we admire. I'm okay, I'm self-sufficient, I'm doing all right. And when needy is perceived as being weak and it's perceived as being pathetic. But here in Psalm 23, David is saying, yes, do you know what, I am needy. Do you know what, I am a bit like a sheep. But here's the thing, the God that I've discovered meets every single one of the needs that I have. Because of my personal relationship with God, I'm provided for, I'm protected, I'm guided, and sometimes I'm corrected. We're going to be thinking about that in the weeks ahead. Psalm 23 is something of an invitation. It's an invitation to join in with the narrative of the faith that the Hebrew nation had wrapped their collective minds around. They use this metaphor to tell the story of what God was like, and in turn, David is making an invitation to you and I today to step into this understanding of who God is and what God is like. Now, of course, the most obvious thing about this psalm, because he starts with these words, is this image of God being like a good shepherd. And in a sense, that's the prevailing image, the prevailing metaphor that's captured throughout the Old Testament. As you flick the pages, you keep seeing references to God being like a shepherd. And then as you move out of the Old Testament into the New Testament, Jesus, of course, comes along and he says, Do you know what? I am the good shepherd. But as he says it, he's taking this metaphor to a whole another level. And as we read the stories of the early church in Acts particularly, the image that that was at the forefront of their minds was this idea that God was a good shepherd, that Christ was a shepherd who they would follow. That he was a good shepherd, who was out looking for the lost sheep and that's exactly the image that David has in his mind as well. Isn't it a great image, actually, when we start to think about it, that this God, the great shepherd, loves people so much that he chases after them and he provides for them and he nurtures them just as a good shepherd will care for their sheep. Now, because I don't understand the life of a shepherd all that well, I was reading up on it a bit this week and came across a brilliant story, and it's the story of some shepherds who were watching over one and a half thousand sheep in Turkey. Can you imagine it? One and a half. Thousand sheep. And the role of this shepherd was very simple, to lead them to green pastures, to, to quiet waters, and to find rest for their bodies. This is what the article said. First, one sheep jumped to its death over a cliff. And then the stunned Turkish shepherds, who'd left the herd to graze whilst they had breakfast, watched as nearly one and a half thousand other sheep followed the first sheep, each leaping off the same cliff. I mean, what kind of insanity does it take for a sheep to go to the edge of a cliff, take a quick look and think to themselves, do you know what that looks like? A great idea. I'm going to do the same. I'm in. Whee! Well, the story continues. At the end, 450 dead animals lay on the bottom, one on top of the other in a billowy white pile. Well, you might be thinking to yourself, I thought there were 1,500 sheep and it said there were only 450 dead. What happened to the other 1,000 plus? Well, it's a great question. This is how the article finishes. Those who jumped later were saved as the pile got higher and higher and the fall got more and more cushioned. The scriptures say, do you know what? I am like a stupid, mindless sheep. I have a tendency to get into positions that can really, really hurt me. I have this tendency not to be able to provide the things that I actually need. I need a shepherd. I'm needy. I too often follow the pack. Too often follow the crowd. And the Lord is my shepherd. And I'm able to say that with David. And as David says it, he follows... This beautiful one-line statement with something that I really long for us today to anchor deep within our souls. And if you anchor nothing else, would you anchor this? He says, the Lord is my shepherd and because the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He's tying these two things together. He's saying, if I'm able to say that God is my shepherd, then I lack nothing. Because God is my shepherd, my soul is satisfied and I lack nothing. I have everything that I need. Now here's the thing, without exception, every single one of us have a shepherd in our lives, in inverted commas. A shepherd, that thing that we cling to. Whether we realise it or not, each and every single one of us have a shepherd over our lives. The question this morning is not whether or not we have a shepherd or whether or not we are like a sheep. The question is, is, does your shepherd lead you to this statement that David is able to make? This reality for your life and your soul, that because of my shepherd, I lack nothing, I shall not be in want. Or does the shepherds that we have over our life lead us to a place where we're still in need, where we're still dissatisfied, where we're still broken, we're still in pain, we're still hurting, lacking. The question isn't whether or not we have a shepherd, the question is where is your shepherd leading you and who or what is your shepherd. The shepherd of your life will determine the satisfaction of your soul. The one thing that determines whether or not you can say today, I am satisfied and I lack nothing, is not how much money you've got in your bank account. It's not the kind of car that you drive. It's not the kind of education you have. It's not the kind of retirement you might be enjoying or the job that you do. It's not the family that you have, as good or as bad as those things may be. But the one thing that allows you to say today, I am satisfied, is having God as my shepherd. Bigger, better, shinier, more will never ever lead to your soul's satisfaction. That's the point that David is making here in our psalm. I can say I shall not want, because of what, not because of what I have, but because of who I have. The Lord is my shepherd. Our soul satisfaction is not determined by what. It's determined by who. Now Jesus, as he came in the New Testament, as he walked uh, here on earth, said exactly the same thing. He said, the thief comes to steal and to destroy. You'll notice Jesus is talking in shepherd language here. That's because in John chapter 10, he says, I've taken on the role of this good shepherd. I've put this metaphor over my life. And in doing so, Jesus is making a very definite claim to be God for anyone who was listening, for anyone who had an understanding of the Old Testament scriptures. Jesus says the thief comes only to steal and to destroy and to kill. But I came that they, you, that sheep, needy, smelly, hurt themselves sheep, may have life and have it abundantly, Jesus says. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd is the one who lays down his life for his sheep. And Jesus speaks about a life that goes beyond just living. He speaks about living a life where we're actually alive. Jesus' great desire for every single one of us is that we would experience life in an abundance. Quite literally, we can say Jesus' desire for us is that we will experience life in excess, an excessively satisfied life perhaps is another way of putting it. You see, when David is saying here that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, he's not saying that there's never ever going to be any challenges or difficulties in my life. Read on through the rest of the psalm. He, he talks about traveling through dark valleys. But what he's saying is no matter how good or tough life might be at any one moment in time, as we drill deep into all of that need that we have, what we discover in Jesus is a good shepherd who is sufficient to meet all of the need that you and I might encounter. This good shepherd wants to lead us to life, not to death. He wants to lead us to a life that is abundant, to a life that is eternally satisfied. You know, I've had the amazing privilege of reading Psalm 23 to a number of people who were preparing to meet Jesus in death. But as we hear this psalm today, as we hear this psalm over the next... Uh, Six weeks or so, we have the opportunity to claim the promises of this psalm even as we live. What an invitation we have today to say, the Lord is my shepherd. Because the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. I wonder if you can say that this morning with confidence and with certainty as David did. Jesus longs for us, the good shepherd, to have life in abundance, eternally satisfied. And the invitation is to make that our reality as we journey with him. Will you pray with me? Jesus, in the quietness of this moment before... We race out of here and continue with the craziness of our day, the craziness of the week that's ahead of us. I want to pray, Lord, by your spirit, you would speak to us. Come, Lord Jesus, come. wonder with all this talk about shepherds, whether or not some of us can recognize that we've chosen a shepherd that actually is leading us to destruction, is causing us actually to feel dissatisfied. Lord, I pray, would you help us to have the courage abandon the counterfeit and to pursue the real thing. Jesus, thank you, you said you are the good shepherd, that all who come to you will experience life in all of its fullness, the abundant life. Lord, we want to abide in you this morning. Lord, we want you, good shepherd, to provide for our every need. That like David, we would be able to say that I lack nothing. All of my needs are satisfied in you. I wonder this morning if for some of us there's a specific circumstance where we just need to know The presence of the Good Shepherd leading us and guiding us. Lord, you say that your sheep hear your voice. Tune our ears to your voice, that we would hear you and that we would follow you. And Lord, if any of us have wandered away from your flock, away from your care, us in. Draw us back to you. Lord, this morning we want to underline and say afresh that we're trusting you to be our shepherd. We're trusting in your love. We're trusting in your care. We're trusting in your faithfulness, in your goodness your ability to protect, in your ability to nurture, in your ability to lead us to green pastures, to quiet waters, to the place where we find rest for our souls.